Welcome to Grazeaholics. I'm Veronica. And I'm Courtney. And today is a special episode. It is. Well, when you guys listen to this, it won't be Halloween. It'll probably be Christmas, but... (laughs) True, true, because we are only doing every two weeks, so probably. Yeah, so today is Halloween for us, and uh, we're pretty on theme. Yes, and I, I love it. So what you drinking? So I am just having a strawberry lemonade truly in my cup that has Freddy Krueger's razor fingers, Jason Voorhees machete, leather faces chainsaw, Michael Myers butcher knife. And on the other side, it says, love you to pieces. And what looks like blood. Fake yes. blood. Yes. I love it. I love, love, love it. I don't what are have you drinking? anything like that. I my no. uh, I, original idea was a hot toddy because I have. I wanted to say it started off allergies, perhaps a mild cold, cold, and uh, I don't know. I realized I was really annoyed with my husband because I'm like, you drank all the whiskey, and then off camera talking to you, I realized <laughs> I drank all the whiskey at one of our uh, podcasts and one of the recordings. So I'm stuck with Theraflu tea. Oh my god. I love that that's like so on brand for your alter ego. Like like if you were to text me right now, it comes up as Vernon, which is your old man alternate personality yes. and 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 you're drinking Theraflu tea. You my know heart. What? Yes, maybe next year I'll be an old man for Halloween. Yes, go as Vernon. Please. yes and we'll we'll do the whole thing kids get off my lawn yes Perfect. i love it i love your halloween shirt oh it's just a pumpkin with some That's lashes cute i love yours thanks i just got it my best friend veronica just sent it to me in the mail thanks i really did not think it was gonna get there today but i was hoping it did well, the dogs were barking and I'm like, what could you possibly be barking at? I'm like, it's Sunday. And the only thing that comes on Sundays is Amazon packages. I'm like, I haven't ordered anything on Amazon. So I like peeked out the door. Cause I'm like, what is that? It's Halloween. I'm like, what's happening? And I saw an Amazon package. I'm like, what is this? So I like bring it back to my office. I opened it up and I about died. It's so cute. It has all of my favorite Veronica calls them villains. I yes. call them morally gray anti-heroes and then it says friends in the friends tv show font but it's like dripping blood so cute i love friends and i would say they were more they're more like um misunderstood i I definitely think they're misunderstood i don't watch any of them i'm scared of all of them ew yeah sorry I also have on the the Grey's Anatomy socks that my mom sent me that on the bottom say do not disturb Grey's Anatomy is on. That is perfect for today. Do not disturb kids. We are not trick-or-treating here. No treats, just tricks. Do you hand out candy? Uh, I used to, especially if I decorate um, and if we're really scary. So one year, John was the Day of the Dead and I was the Day of the Dead and he was in a corner. And he scared and made a couple kids cry. And I had a blast. Yes. And it was so funny because it's like, well, it is Halloween. That's the whole purpose of it. Right. But this year we're not doing anything, so I didn't even decorate. 
Yeah, I, I, I haven't handed out candy since we moved here. And Virginia, I loved to do it because I lived next to all of my friends. Yeah. So it was like a bonding thing. Everybody brought their kids and came over and hung out and all the moms drank wine. It was great. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't hand out candy here. No candy here. Just tricks. Yeah. I turn off my light and pretend that I'm not home. Just a reminder that we do have an Instagram and a Twitter account. You can follow us on both at Pod. All right. So today we're going to discuss season two, episode six, Into You Like a Train, which we did figure out is a song. That was posted 10 years ago, but apparently it was, like, even before that, like, 1981. It's a 1981 song, perhaps, by the Psychedelic Furs, and it is, like, rock, I would say. Yeah, it was a little intense. It was intense. My wig and I (laughs) were digging it. So, for those of you that can't see me, I have a pink wig on, because my hair was too puffy. I don't know. I hate when I dry it. So, I decided to wear my pink wig, because... Today's a day you can do whatever the fuck you want. And actually, I can do whatever the fuck I want every day. But, you know. Yes. All right. What's the Netflix description? It says, A train crash brings several seriously injured patients to the hospital, providing a distraction for Meredith as she waits Derek's final decision. That's right. She was going to know if he chose her or picked Mm. her. Or loved her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this was an intense episode. It was. I cried. I did not. But, you know. Shall we start with the monologue? Absolutely. All right. Here we go. In general, people can be generalized in one of two ways. Those who love surprises and those who don't. I don't. I've never met a surgeon that enjoys a surprise because as surgeons, we like to be in the know. We have to be in the know because when we aren't, people die and lawsuits happen. Am I rambling? I think I'm rambling. Okay, so my point actually, and I do have one, has nothing to do with surprises or death or lawsuits or even surgeons. My point is this. Whoever said what you don't know can't hurt you was a complete and total moron. Because for most people I know, not knowing is the worst feeling in the world. Okay, fine. Maybe it's the second worst. And that's when that scene shows Yeah. <sighs> Do you like surprises? I think that, no, I hate them. I like surprises, but I'm such a nosy person. I figure it out before they're a surprise. I hate surprises. Hate them. Can't stand them. I love them. I just, I'm too smart for my own good. I hate it. I don't want anything to do with it. Like, I hate surprises. Surprises, let me know she cares. Okay. Let's go with the recap. Okay. So we open the episode with Meredith still sitting at the bar. She's talking to Joe and says to him, I actually said, pick me. And he tells her that he thinks it's romantic, but she says it's not. It's horrifying, which I thought of you whenever yeah. I was watching this and how badly you hate that whole Meredith scene. I did not like it. And I'm glad she came to her senses a bit. Sort of. Well, I mean, she is drunk, so 
they say drunk people say the truth. I don't know if that's true or not, but she's definitely feeling her, you know, feeling pretty honest about it right now. (laughs) Izzy, George, and Christina are all still there and they are throwing darts. And at the same time, all of the interns' pagers start going off. Someone in the bar yelled at Joe to turn the TV up. And we see breaking news about a train wreck. They all leave the bar to head back to the hospital and we see them all in the ambulance bay looking flustered. And it flashes back to see Derek entering the bar and Joe looks at him and says, dude, you're late. So he does show up. But it's not with the good news, is no. it? Okay. It's not. At the hospital, all of the interns are changed into scrubs and ready to get started. Meredith is very clearly tipsy, if not completely drunk. They're they're getting in their gowns, and Izzy tells Alex that she is there if he needs to talk, meaning after the whole elevator surgery incident. And of course, Alex is defensive and says that he's fine. Bailey shows up in her dress, and they are all surprised to see her. Meredith tells Bailey that she seems to be a little drunk. A little. I'm sorry. Can I just say one comment? If you're drunk, why would you answer your page? Exactly. And I do. I have a note after the next bullet point because Bailey tells her to stay out of the way and she will deal with her later. But why didn't Bailey make Meredith leave? Wouldn't her even just being there be a liability? It is. Absolutely. Just so weird. Yeah. Like, just. uh, Okay. Yeah. They enter the ER and it's absolute chaos. Nurse Tyler comes up to Meredith and tells her that Joe wanted him to let her know that McSteamy came looking for her, but she corrects him and says McDreamy. And I thought that it was crazy that they used McSteamy here before McSteamy was even on the show. I didn't notice that. Yeah, he says it twice because then he's, she said, she corrects him and says McDreamy, but then Nurse Tyler's like, no, pretty sure he said McSteamy. I didn't catch that. And if I remember correct, who comes up with Mark's nickname being McSteamy? Because I don't think that it's Meredith. No. So somebody else came up. Was it George? McSteamy. Or is he? I think George said something to like poke fun and then it's thick. I don't yeah, know. We'll, I, have to, I don't... We'll, we'll have to we'll have to revisit that whenever we get to that episode. Yeah, because I thought that it was funny that, like, Meredith is the only person right now, like, hearing Nurse Tyler say that, and then, like, later on that becomes his name. I'm kind of positive it was her. Really? I didn't think it was her. I think it's her. We'll have to revisit that. Yeah. Derek comes into the ER and joins Richard on a case from the train wreck. He walks by Meredith and gives her a nod, which is weird like I'm yeah. like what what does that mean like again I think this entire episode he's a coward but that's yeah. just me I know I know I can't defend him I'm sorry we see a man and woman being wheeled in on a gurney with a pipe impaled through both of them Burke is talking to Bailey about the case and lets her know that they won't be able to fit into CT so they will be flying blind Meredith is walking around the gurney looking over their insane predicament. The woman calls Dr. Burke over and asks him if they will be taking the pull out of them anytime soon. And he lets her know that they can't do that until they know what is going on internally. 
Bailey tells George to get them to x-ray and to move them extremely carefully. She tells Alex to go work in the ER. He can work on sutures while he gets over his newfound fear of scalpels. And Meredith says, that was mean, even for you. Bailey tells her to go give herself a banana bag IV and then to come find her. That was pretty mean, though. It was. It, um, it was. I'm kind of surprised that she asked her to go get a banana bag because all it is is just um, fluids with some vitamins and that's it. It's not really supposed to cure her or it's not supposed to like do anything about her being, you know drunk it's just supposed to hydrate her so it doesn't sober her up and i actually found real evidence that um dr salim he discussed four papers that evaluated ethanol clearance with iv fluid administration and basically the bottom line is that there's no evidence that iv fluids expedite sobriety in patients um, with acute alcohol intoxication so basically all she was doing is getting rehydrate rehydrated not really solving her drunk issue right because i know like celebrities and stuff they have people come and give them ivs the morning after they drink a lot which makes sense because at that right. point you're not getting over being drunk you're just rehydrating so it was a little odd that that bailey suggested that I did also want to talk about, and I didn't put it in our notes, but I did also want to talk about train wrecks and which one was the most devastating train wreck. Um, and I found that um, according to, I hate to say it, but Wikipedia was the one that um, provided this information. The Great Train Wreck of 1918 occurred July 9th, 1918 in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And it occurred at 7:20 in the morning it cost at least 101 lives injuring an additional 171 and it's considered the worst rail accident in u.s history um and uh it was uh operated by the nashville chattatunga did i say that wrong yes i did and st louis louis railway and it collided head-on that's sad it was two trains, and it was uh, the cause of the issue. The cause of the um, incident was human error. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. You know? Yep. It mm. derailed both of them, and so I did want to mention that because this talks about a train accident. So in the next scene, George is wheeling the two patients who are impaled to X-ray, and he learns that the two people don't know each other at all. That they just met, and the man has a wife, and the woman has a fiance. Izzy is walking down the hall and she hears, ow, ow, ow. And she pulls back a curtain and finds Meredith. Meredith tells her that she's trying to insert her banana bag, which sounds vaguely dirty, but it isn't. I love drunk Meredith. I love drunk Meredith. (laughs) She's so funny. Yes. Yes. And then Izzy offers to help her. I think even Izzy likes drunk Meredith because she's almost entertaining. Yeah, because she was like smiling and stuff yeah. and going with it. She was not being oh. a bitch. I wanted to point something out in like the opening scene and I'm an idiot. I forgot. Tell us, tell us. Whenever Joe turns his head, you can see his big scar from his surgery. Look at you being so observant. 
And I totally forgot. And you're usually the observant one. So I didn't write it down because I was just like, oh, she probably saw it. So she'll mention it. And then whenever I saw in our collaborated notes that you didn't write it down, I was just like, oh, I'll bring it up. Totally forgot. But now, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I did this yesterday and it's probably not the best idea to do it yesterday. Oh. I probably should have done it today so I could catch some more stuff. And even John was like, I think you should rewatch it today. And I was like, I think you should like not even talk to me because you don't even listen to us. So he should listen to us now, though, because I'm making the episode shorter. <laughs> this I'm is a sure, personal attack. I'm sure everyone appreciates that as well. <laughs> I'm trying. Derek and Richard are in the OR working on a patient whose leg was cut off in the accident. Derek has some reservations about Richard operating so soon after the tumor removal surgery. Derek gets paged away and Richard checks in on Christina, who is cleaning up the severed portion of the man's leg. She points out that there is a problem and shows Richard that this is clearly not this patient's leg. It's a left leg that the patient is missing and the leg that is severed is is also a right leg so i love christina in this episode <laughs> she was so out of character she was not herself <laughs> right she was just not as composed she was all over the place rigid and emotionless she was actually the opposite which i thought was hilarious and she was like cracking me up i loved it chaotic christina and drunk meredith the dynamic duo so Richard tells Christina to go and find the man's leg. George, Burke, and Bailey are going over the impaled victim's scans, and Meredith is watching with her banana bag in tow. George points out that the rod is going straight through the woman's spine, and Derek comes in, looks at Meredith, and asks what happened. And she responds with, uh, tequila. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> Derek looks at the scans and is totally shocked to learn that these people are still alive. Burke confirms that there is no way to operate without taking the pole out, and Bailey states that if they remove the pole, they will both bleed out. Burke suggests moving one patient off the pole and repair the damage as they go on the patient still impaled. He says that the, with the woman's aortic injuries, her chance of survival are very slim no matter what they do, but if they move her, they have a good shot of saving the man. Derek says that maybe they should remove the man and give the woman the best shot at survival. And Meredith confirms then that whoever they move will not survive. And she asks the room how they will choose. After they leave the room, Burke is telling Derek that they need to make a decision soon if they want to save either one of them. Bailey tells Meredith that she needs to get a blood alcohol test before she practices any medicine. Meredith says that she's fine and proceeds to put both arms out and bring her fingers to her nose. Again, so, why is she even there? I don't know, but I don't know. So a tamponade, I think that's what um, Bailey mentioned, and I looked it up. And basically what that means is, like, the pole is clogging and stopping the bleeding for both patients. And um, I was reading this, there's a YouTuber who's an actual doctor that, um, just, like, he kind of goes over, like, House Grey's Anatomy episodes and whatnot, and um, not all the time. But I was seeing him kind of look through this episode and he was saying how it's interesting that they did not come um, bring like a brace for their backs. Because if you're in a position like that, eventually you'll get tired and slide. 
So right. that was interesting that they didn't do that. Because, I mean, you can't stay in that position forever. Right, because she's she was already kind of slumped, leaning yeah. on the guy. But then there's also a nurse that's holding him up the entire mm-hmm. time. There's a hand on his mm-hmm. back, and I'm just like... But they have, like, braces they can easily just... Yeah. So, good Anyways, point. that was that was my little spiel on that. In the next scene, we see Christina rummaging through an ambulance looking for her patient's leg. The paramedic tells her that there were multiple decapitations and the guy can live without a leg. Christina looks at her and says, this is so not about the leg or the guy, but thank you. Okay, so let's talk about the symbolism because this is she's definitely going through something. Yeah. So I feel like maybe she's trying to find her place now that she's like in a relationship with Berg mm-hmm. or, and she kind of doesn't know where she fits in the program with him and, you know, kind of where to, she seems lost like the leg. That's actually really good symbolism. Love that. Okay. I did not pick up on that. I only picked up on the symbolism with the two other patients. Okay, I'm excited. Well, you wrote it down, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if it was something different. No. Um, no. I try to find... Anyways, I didn't want to find... I'll go back to it whenever you talk back about... When you talk about the, the two patients, because I was trying to find a case like that. But go ahead. Let's continue on. Okay. George is taking Meredith's blood. And again, she's saying, ow, ow. She's annoying whenever she's doing this. I think like, she was so cute and funny. We definitely oh my God. have different beliefs <laughs> and opinions. He, he asks her if there's any news, meaning the whole Derek thing. And she says no, that she can't read him. George tells her that he thinks Derek is crazy if he doesn't Aww. pick her. And at that moment, Christina comes in and says, please tell me you've seen a right <laughs> leg, a cleanly severed right leg. And Meredith looks at George and says, how weird is this job? First of all, kudos to George for being a bigger person and, and, and you know, knowing that, you know, he's not going to look at her or that she's not going to look at him that, that way. And, you know, he was such a good yeah. friend. And Christina just cracked me. I mean, I'm cracking now. I'm, I'm just dying. <laughs> Derek is checking over the two patients who are impaled. He is running something over the woman's foot and asks her if she can feel it. And we learn that her name is Bonnie, but she cannot feel whatever he is doing to her foot. George comes in with lab results and Derek asks the man whose name is Mr. Maynard to move his toes. And he does. Bonnie asks Derek if her toes are moving and they aren't, but he tells her that they are. And George looks very confused over this. And then here is where I pointed out like the first parallel and I think that it's between Derek's real personal life and then mm. this case. He is trying to decide which of these patients lives and dies. He's also trying to decide whether he picks Meredith or Addison, but he doesn't intentionally want to hurt either one of them. And that's why he's telling Bonnie that her foot is moving, even though it's not. Oh, I just thought that maybe he just didn't want to break her heart. And so... These well, are right. He doesn't want to break Meredith's either. These are one of the few times where a doctor can lie to give her the strength to continue to move on. I love that parallel, though. That symbolism. This is all about symbolism. It is. It really is. 
Mr. Maynard asks Derek outright if they are going to live through this, but he just kind of avoids the question. Christina goes back into the OR with a severed right leg and she hands it to another doctor who shows Richard. And we see that the toenails are painted red. And Richard asks if she even looked at the recently shaven leg. And she says that she will go find the right, right leg. <laughs> Derek, George, Bailey, and Burke are going over Bonnie and Mr. Maynard's scans again. Derek tells Burke that he was right. Bonnie's pulse is weak and her, her spine is severed. He tells them that Mr. Maynard has better odds of living. And Bailey tells George to book an OR. Burke tells him to close off the gallery. There won't be an audience for this, which is makes good. sense. Um, yeah. So I was looking for accidents that have, you know, people that have been impaled by a pole. Mm-hmm. Essentially, there was uh, several, several, but nothing that really related to two people impaled by a pole, really. Um, there was this case in which a person she got impaled by a pole um, it pushed through the car's grill through the radiator the battery in the firewall into her thigh ripping out the head of her femur hip socket oh. before exiting near her tailbone and going through the back of her seat into the back seat she did survive oh, oh. and she was a stripper i mean that is no awful. pun intended. Like, no, like, like the pole is no pun intended. Like, I mean, that is ter- like I bet that fucking hurt. Yeah, and I think she was like a block away from her um, home. Oh my! Yeah, That's even worse. And then there's another from the uh, ncbi.nlm.nih.gov, and it talked about several cases that have been um uh, impaled by you know in this case it was a rifle being impaled so it's not necessarily the same so in this other case it was a traffic accident and so she skidded off and she got impaled by a metallic pipe piled by the roadside and it went through her chest so it was kind of similar injuries um in terms of bonnie and um she had like a left lung collapse and you know a thoracotomy done um she did have surgery um and she made an uneventful recovery and was discharged on the 14th post-operative day oh wow that's good holy crap yes so there's several there was like i believe this article had three cases with impaled by a pole or something similar but nothing like this so mad. <laughs> Christina is on the phone with someone asking if they can sift through the carnage of the train wreck to find the leg. And Burke comes over and says, you paged me. Christina says, if I don't find this leg, the chief is going to cut me from this program and I cannot go back home, Burke. It is too sunny in Los Angeles. It is sunny every day. <laughs> and yes. Yes. I cracked up so did i i loved that part because she is like dead serious over this like she is like this would be the worst thing and here is why and there you are similar situations wow. yeah except today it's like nice and gloomy i love it oh my gosh. 
uh, Burke looks at her and says, and you paged me because, and she tells him that he needs to help her find the leg. You're my boyfriend. And I don't have much experience with this type of thing, but aren't boyfriends supposed to help in situations like this? He smirks, but then looks at her and says, Christina, when we're on duty, I can't be your boyfriend. And she replies with, oh, so, uh, when we're on duty, I can have sex with someone else. I mean, I, that's why I'm thinking that this is like, truly like she's trying to figure it out she's trying to be a good girlfriend ask for help he's not giving in he's kind of like i can't be your boyfriend which i totally hate him for that like um no help help her like guide her like you don't have to like look for it just help her figure it out who to call who to like contact like you can't be you can't be your her boyfriend like okay fuck off because you know later on you're gonna need her but anyways i just (laughs) went on a rant against Burke. I mean, that's our thing. (laughs) What we do. Derek is updating Bonnie and Mr. Maynard on their situation. He lets them know that their bodies are in shock. So it's preventing them from feeling pain. He tells Bonnie that in order to operate on Mr. Maynard, they have to separate them. Mr. Maynard asks why they can't just remove the pull from both of them. And Burke clarifies that they would both start holding nope start bleeding too quickly and that the pull is plugging the wounds which means tamponade yeah it clicks for bonnie then that if they move her she will die and derek tries to lessen the blow and says that they will try everything that they can mr maynard starts protesting and saying no that if anybody has to go it should be him but burke steps in then and tells him that his injuries are less extensive and we see here that derek is holding bonnie's hand which just that made my heart melt i know bonnie asks if her fiance is there yet and george lets her know that there are delays at the airport and bailey suggests that they could wait but the longer they do the higher the risk of infection And Bonnie says that that's okay, that she really wouldn't want her fiance to see her like this. And I was crying and I can't imagine being in that situation and not being able to see my husband one last time. And it's weird, but I like think about those kinds of things often. Like now during deployment, like if something happens to me, the last time I will have seen him was the day that I dropped him off and I'm just a sobbing, blubbering mess. So he gets to live with that memory of me. For the rest of his life. Just a fucking mess. Like, <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here with my anxiety. Like, can't go to Target drive up and, like, have no makeup because oh. I might get into a car accident. And people might see oh. me like that. Clearly, we have. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. But, like, I wouldn't. Like, I never wear makeup. I don't care what I look like. These people aren't going to remember me. They don't care. So, like, <laughs> I just, like, though my poor husband, like, having that image be the last one. I'm, that he has of me he would not have that image it just it's like sad and i and again like it's it's fucking weird but these are things that i think about on a on a daily basis like what if i die what if he dies this is like the last thing that i said to him this is the last thing he said to me this is the last time he saw me like just all and i think about it an unreasonable and, amount i mean that's that's part of our anxiety i think yeah but i think ridiculous. being in that position i don't think i would want to like like, I don't think I would want that image to be the last one, you know? I feel like I would have to take some time to think about it because at the same, like, I would want him to know, like, 
maybe a phone call yeah but then like selfish reasons I'm like well I want to see him but then like what will that do to him to see me in such a state right it's got real deep real quick man I don't know (laughs) Alex is outside the hospital in the ambulance bay when a paramedic comes up to him with the right right leg Christina enters the OR and begins apologizing to Weber about not being able to find the leg when she notices that they are already reattaching the leg and that Alex turns around and tells her that he found the leg. And Weber tells her that she should go help in the ER, that him and Alex can handle it. Fucking Alex. Yep. Bonnie and Mr. Maynard are being prepped for surgery. Bonnie asks Mr. Maynard if he believes in heaven, and he says that he does. And she says that she wants to. And she's crying, and it just breaks my heart into a million pieces. And whenever I do these notes, I have, like, a title and then bullet points for each scene. And the second bullet point here states, I'm crying. So I did did indeed cry. Yeah. I, I, like, oh. I cried. <laughs> Meredith's labs come back and she is sober. So she is scrubbing in on the surgery, which at this point now in a little bit, whenever they call time of death on somebody, uh, Bailey says what time it is. And I'm like, there is absolutely no fucking way that she got sober in that short amount of time. Absolutely not. Wasn't it like 341? Like, I, oh, I thought it was two something. Okay, it, it, was, it was definitely 41 at the end. I think it was 230, 241 or, or 341, something like that. But it's still not enough time. Even if it was yeah. 2, 3, even if it was 4, it wouldn't be enough time. No, no. There's just, no. Nope. So it's just her and Derek in the scrub room when he says, I went to the bar. And Meredith says that she knows. And it's super awkward silence. And then Derek asks if she took aspirin with the banana bag because it helps with the hangover. And it's awkward silence again. And Meredith says, oh, you're staying with her. And he replies, yeah, she's my wife. And I just feel again, like this is not an appropriate conversation to be having right before this kind of surgery. It's almost like bad juju. Yeah. And I just, it's like inappropriate. Like it's icky. Like poor Bonnie is in there about to die and they're worried about who they're picking. Like, no, like, but again, it's a symbolism, right? Who they're picking. It is. Yeah, it is. But I just, it was, it was really gross. Yes. I agree with you. So they remove Bonnie from the pool and get Mr. Maynard stabilized and decide what they decide to see what they can do to try and save Bonnie. Bonnie flatlines and Mr. Maynard starts to crash and the team abandons Bonnie to work on Mr. Maynard and Meredith loses her shit. She starts screaming that they can't just abandon her. They have an obligation. And um, I think that she's also freaking out about her situation. Meredith. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she did not get picked. And so I have in her notes, the symbolism is that, you know, we can't just abandon her referring to not only Bonnie's situation, but her own personal situation where she has been abandoned by Derek. 
Right. And that's like the symbolism that I picked up on too is Meredith is Bonnie and Addison is Mr. Maynard. And Mr. Maynard had the better chance of surviving just like Addison does. So Derek has a better chance to save a relationship with Addison and actually like stay with her forever and be with her than to go with Meredith, who he's only been seeing for a couple of weeks. And so yeah, I, I think that that's the symbolism there. And it's it's sad. Like that scene really broke my heart because she was freaking out. And I mean, she's not wrong. Like they knew that she was going to die. But like, how do you just walk away? But Meredith doesn't seem to be like the person that becomes affected by death. Like I think she feels very indifferent about death. And so the fact that she was feeling so many feelings during Bonnie's death like really goes to show you that like she's definitely taking it more to heart and thinking about herself in that situation and correction she was pronounced Bonnie was pronounced dead at 349 349 I thought it was yeah. two something but I mean still there's just no way that she no. was sober enough to do that no, I still can't <laughs> there's no way in there <laughs> exactly like she literally was rewarded for being drunk. Like yes. she was rewarded for being drunk. Yes. Like, no, if you show up to work drunk, you should be sent home and miss out on these big surgeries. Not, oh, you're sober now after two hours, go on ahead. No. Although, I mean, I mean, especially when someone else's life can be is in your hands and you can completely make mistakes that, you know, you're, you know, it's a liability. Like you said, okay. I mean, I used to work at a, grocery store and I would go drunk every freaking Sunday morning but that's a whole other story well we heard this story in a past podcast and I love it I love it don't put me to work late at night and expect me to be sober I mean if you were a surgeon though I do have faith that you would not drink I mean even when I'm a teacher I don't do that exactly okay (laughs) all right so so Bailey intervenes, calls time of death, and we learn that Mr. Maynard is doing just fine after the surgery. And it's the end of the episode, and we see Meredith sitting in the intern's locker room with everyone, and nothing is said, but she looks miserable, and I feel like it's registered with everyone what Derek's choice was. And then we see Derek and Addison leaving the hospital together, and Addison puts her arm through Derek's. Yes. Did you know that Addison is considered to be a special guest appearance during these early episodes? She's not really. I did not, but it makes sense because yeah. they. I feel like they probably didn't know how far they were going to go with her storyline. True. So um, we did talk. There were other cases in this episode that we did not talk about. And I believe it's my time to kind of briefly share those cases. So we have Brooke, who was the pregnant patient that had burns. Um, and she was uh, pregnant along with her best friend and they were having a baby to get like they were each having their own baby with the same sperm donor which I thought and I love that yeah that was so neat Um, and then we have Yvonne who had a massive internal bleeding and Alex tried to resuscitate her and it was unsuccessful but I did want to mention that Yvonne was um, throughout the episode like answering phone calls and kind of like bashing Alex and if she was having um, 
internal bleeding, she would not be able to do that. She would not be able to move around. She would have had some symptoms of fatigue, weakness, severe headache, something. So that was not accurate. So just wanted to share that. And I think there was another one. It was her friend, but I did not write that down. She just had what? She had a... Stitches. Yeah. 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 She just had stitches. And I think the the YouTube doctor was complaining about how you don't do stitches like that. And I'm like, huh, interesting. (laughs) So I'm like a total expert on how to do stitches. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, that is the end of the episode. Do you want to give us the closing monologue? Yes, I do. Here we go. The closing monologue. As surgeons, there are so many things we have to know. We have to know we have what it takes. We have to know how to take care of our patients and how to take care of each other. Eventually, we we even have to figure out how to take care of ourselves. As surgeons, we have to be in the know. But as human beings, sometimes it's better to stay in the dark because in the dark, there may be fear, but there's also hope. Wow. She would rather have been stayed in the dark and not know what his decision was. I don't know. I think she probably feels, I mean, it probably stings, but I think she probably feels better now that she knows for sure there's no more guessing. It's it's a done deal now. It just really bothers me because he gave her hope throughout the process of where she could have accepted the fact that he had a wife and kind of been grieving or whatever the breakup process is between that point and now so now it's like she has to start all over again yeah I think because he thought that he would be able to have his cake and eat it too but then I also thought that for him he was assuming that seeing Addison would be easier than it really was and that he would be able to just cut ties sever the relationship and be done with it easily and it wasn't because I think he still does love and care for Addison and so I think that it was harder than he expected yeah I think at one point he explains like oh there's been you know so many Christmases so many birthdays so many like events Mm -hmm. together that she's family and stuff yeah I mean he didn't think of that when he first got with Meredith so I struggle with him I truly do struggle with him I have a love-hate relationship with him. I'd rather be in the dark about him. <laughs> I just don't like him. I know. Any final thoughts about this episode? It was emotional. I was crying. I figured you would. I still really can't stand Burke. I really well, think he's obviously. a shitty boyfriend. Yeah. All right, then. So I guess that's it, huh? I mean, I don't I really have any other thoughts. It was just sad. It was a sad episode. I did love the symbolism, but, you know, not much else really happened. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, I mean, the biggest thing is that he broke up with her indefinitely, like, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. Christina's with Burke, for sure. Although after yeah. this, I think she's questioning her place in, in the hospital and in her relationship for sure. Um. So the next episode is something to talk about. Not so I song. don't remember what that is. I don't remember this episode. I don't know what 
I don't, I have no idea. Well, that's it, folks. That is the end of season two, episode six. Please be sure to tune in every two weeks and follow us on Instagram and I was going to say MySpace, but that does not exist. And Facebook (laughs) and Twitter. Hey, it's the wig. It's really tightening up my brain. (laughs) So make sure you grab a drink and you're not drinking just any regular old tea. You're drinking a spiked tea, a hot toddy, or a truly. And be sure to follow us and listen to us. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Bye.